Welcome to the Pub Me Poo Podcast with your host Gary, Chuck, Just Brian, and Proper Brian. On episode 40, this goes out to the games we love. So grab a brew, join us at the pub, and let's talk board games. All right, guys. Uh, man, welcome back to the virtual table again. Uh, anyone have uh, anyone have any brews they want to talk about? I think Chuck, you just mentioned something. Yeah, what you're drinking is it good or bad? Yeah, so so I got like a uh, a special pack of Three Philosophers the other day. It comes with a glass and a whole bunch of different blends and flavors. So okay. tonight I'm trying the blueberry coffee Three Philosophers, and I don't know that I like it as much as the other ones. Um, Three Philosophers is just good. I mean, it's it's got that nice cherry you know, notes to it. And, and this, like the blueberry kind of takes over the cherry and it, it, it brings it down a notch for me. Oh. I, it's still good. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't know that it's as good as the original. Yeah. The, you know, when, when you got a good recipe and you don't want to mess with it too much, right? Like, you know, all, you don't stray too much of the path. Did, did you have one? I see, I thought I saw it the other day. You drank a, a wine barrel one. Was that one good? Yeah. The wine was good because like the wine complimented the cherry okay. and I thought it was really excellent. Um, I, I still think the original is just really good. It's kind of yeah. hard to beat the original, but I still have in the fridge. There is a bourbon barrel one that I'm kind of excited about okay. uh, that I haven't tried that one yet. I'd, came with I'd put money on that one being good. I mean, a bourbon barrel and mix of three philosophers is probably going to be, I mean, probably pretty good, right? It's kind of like betting on the Uwe Rosenberg game. It's probably going to be pretty good, unless it's got a million parts. So, um, so anyways, anyone else got any interesting brews or anything? I've got a devil's backbone. I think we've talked about this one before. Yes, no, I love triples, and um, it's a real L brewing. And so anytime I see a triple at the store, I just almost impulsively pick it up, yeah. whether it's, you know, it, I mean, they're at least good, and, and most of the time they're great. So uh, they're, they're quite tasty. That that devil's backbone is yeah. a good one. I haven't tried that one. I, I need to. I, I like the real L stuff normally. Yeah, no, I think uh, and knowing your taste and the ones that you have, that you have drank with us before, uh, I would think you that one might kind of fall into that category. Um, how about yourself, proper Brian? Anything interesting? Or we just I wouldn't call it interesting. Uh, it it's something we talk about a lot, and it's just it's a fifteen fifty four uh, New Belgium. It's, I mean, it, it seems like it's just a well, it's a staple for us. So I, I wouldn't call it interesting, but I'd call it good. Ne- never tell me that beer is not interesting, sir. I, I, it's, it's I think we need to good. start a uh, a new genre of games that are called 15XX. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're all drinking games, you know? Yeah, drinking games. All right, yeah. Games. 1554 will be our first one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it'll be. Yeah, the great. Uh, I, I can get behind that. Um, even if it's even if it's poorly designed, as long as I end up drinking uh, 1554 <laughs> at the end of it, how can That's I right. not like it? So. Yeah. Well, um, I know something before we started recording, we, we were kind of talking about uh, something I thought maybe maybe so we, we thought maybe some listeners were also going to share our, our joy of this show. Can, I, can we throw this to you, uh, just Brian, because you, you're the one who's who's evangelized the show most here, I think, in this group. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about um, uh, WandaVision, right? Yeah. So my wife and I have been watching WandaVision. So at the time of recording, there's only been five episodes released. But I think by the time this releases, 
we'll we'll be deeper into it. So this is after the the episode just aired on a very special episode. It's episode five. That's the name of it on a okay. on a very special episode. So it's just now getting interesting. We're just now getting more payoffs and more reveals, and that's the kind of thing. Like if we're keeping the spoiler free, I guess the thing I would say that my wife and I've enjoyed is the fact that it is only being released weekly, and we are watching it weekly. Um, I have people at work that mentioned catching up and binge watching, but with our schedules, we've really enjoyed the weekly release, kind of have, speculating what's going on, uh, even diving a little bit into the online Facebook threads that you, you you just don't get the same experience. It reminds me a lot when we liked Lost, you know, that first and second season of Lost that we actually were getting into, but we're getting that first and second season kind of experience in five episodes within a month, and it's it's the payoffs better. And as long as they don't bury it into the ground or run it into the ground like they did lost, then we might, we might really enjoy this. So. <laughs> well, the rest of you guys have any thoughts? I mean, what, I'm one episode behind you guys. I need to catch up on, on the most recent one, but, uh, and we were that the, the group that kind of binge watched, uh, like four episodes in a day, but, um, we, we quite enjoyed it and seeing how all the little hints they were dropping along the ways, you know? Um, so what, what about you guys? We've, so my wife and I, are also watching it together. And we just like, just Brian said, we've really enjoyed the weekly schedule, but the other thing we've enjoyed about it is the callbacks to all the old sitcoms. Like it's so it's kind of, it's old, but now it's fresh again because it hasn't been done in so long. And they hit the nail on the head so many times with the jokes and with the, costuming and the and the setting and and things like that i don't know there's there's almost that they do jokes within jokes because they're making yeah. the jokes that would have been made on like the dick van dyke show right they're making those jokes but they're also adding in some uh, humor that it's kind of a meta joke on the joke that they're telling yeah it's it's like it's like deadpool making jokes within the yeah right yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of making fun of itself right. while it goes and they got yeah. the lap they got the campy laugh, laugh tracks track. and the and they can't oh, be yeah. acting. You think these are Paul Bettany is a fantastic actor, and you see it in the moments, especially in these later episodes, where they get serious, right? Where they they step outside of the genre that they're trying to portray, and suddenly you're you're back in the MCU movies, and you you watch them switch from that campy acting to the serious acting into the small facial expressions. You're like, this is great acting, like from both of them, not just you know from both of the, the the main actors it's just phenomenal yeah. acting so speaking of callbacks i don't know if you'll notice this and this may be one little bitty spoiler but something that's kind of more of an easter egg so the uh detective cop uh, whatever it is that kind of comes in at the beginning he he does a, a card trick i don't know if you noticed that yes so that card trick so that's back in ant-man where ant-man mm-hmm. did a card trick and he goes what's that yeah and he like <laughs> taught him how to do it and then he, he does it in the show yep like it, it's actually Really kind of neat how they how they did this yeah. like close up magic callback. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> that is, I did not know that. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I want to kind of go back through and because most of the episodes aren't long, and kind of rewatch and kind of see if I can pick up on some things. I really appreciate how they maintain the continuity between the MCU and this show. Um, how they do callbacks to it. Even I mean, it's been a long time since we've been had an MCU movie. The last one was Spider Man. To the far from home where it ends in this odd spaceship you're like how does this really connect well now we start seeing some connections to the mcu so yeah i like how they're actually bringing in 
the actors that were in the it's like not only have they committed to the mcu movies but they're bringing them into these shows now too which is really nice because they they could have you know really just brought in new people and they have new people in the show but i do think i do think it's interesting how they play off in that juxtaposition between the campiness and the seriousness and it it's kind of like if you want to have a serious moment build up the humor and then and then slap you with something serious or if you want to really impact with like something sad you you kind of get the high like things are going great and then you get hit with that sad yeah. moment and it's just really good writing when when you have actors and writing that can flip that switch real quickly you feel it deeply and it's in 20 minutes like they're telling one of great stories in 20 minutes i mean i think uh, they needed this this is something this is an area that dc has kind of capitalized was on tv shows they've always had the better writing and MCU is now starting to, you know, step into that that realm, and I think they are doing a good job. It's almost as good as Spider Man, uh, Tobey Maguire Spider Man movies. Almost. Oh, We're almost. Okay, there. look, look, I'm, okay. I'm gonna call an end to this yeah, conversation now. I don't want to get ugly. I mean, next thing you tell me is Tobey Maguire likes playing Hanabi, and then <laughs> then I'm gonna reach through the screen and it's gonna get ugly. So how about we just? I think about, I think we have a, a new meme that I have to make. For yeah. you. Oh my god! So, <laughs> I'm just oh. kidding. I'm just uh, kidding, guys. Oh no no. Uh, <laughs> we, hey, let's set up for another episode where we, or we can have the uh, the musical episode where we, wow. we you know just like Spider Man three right. Yeah. So speaking of our our, our main topic, well, this is kind of an idea that that just Brian had kind of thrown out to us a while back, and I think we've been sitting on this. This kind of idea for a couple months now but where you threw out to us and i remember thinking at the time it was kind of painful to it was hard to come up with 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 some of these but he said hey you know how about we have a conversation about the thing we don't like about a game we love and it's you know you know, you know normally you, you kind of overlook those things and maybe you even forget about them right or the game's so good or the, the other rest of the design so good you you forget about these little flaws in games and so i thought it you know it seems like it'd be a good good um Kind of interesting topic. I'm kind of interested. I'm really actually anxious to see what you guys say on this one. Uh, so, I mean, you want to you want to kick us off, just Brian? I mean, and kind of tell us a little bit about a something about you know a flaw or kind of in a game that you that you love, right? Yeah. So the first one is if I was normally playing a game where early in the game, this has happened to us before. We're early to mid game. You already know you've lost the game, and you're just yeah. kind of an observer for the rest of the game. And you know there's really no catch-up mechanic and there's no way that you're going to really be a key player. And yeah. we've, we've all set through those games where you know you got an hour or two left and you really just want to leave the table. <laughs> um, but um, that happens in Food Chain Magnate, especially if it's your first play or if you're kind of a novice player. You can really make some poor decisions early game and unless y'all start over and, and, and almost invariably if it's your first time to play and you're playing with experienced players that will be your first experience oh, yeah. Yeah. and i would normally say that's not a good game you shouldn't play it but um, i love food chain so much that like i ignore it like i i appreciate the um kind of those teeth in the game even the my first play in it knowing i was not doing well but i but because I love the design so much, I just said, no, I like this kind of game. Yeah. And then um, and then repeated plays have kind of solidified that for me. So that's a game I really forgive for that. And I when you're when I'm trying to talk to other people about food chain, I want to warn them, but at the same time, I don't want to scare them away because I want to play this yeah. game, you know. So how do you how, yeah, and how do you walk that fine line between saying 
I want to I want to introduce you to this game. There might be one small problem with it, but don't let that stop you. You still need to play it, right? Um, and the, yeah. and the fact that it can be a long game, like if it was a short game and it had those teeth, probably not a big deal. But the fact that it can be a long game uh, is if I if that was another game, I would probably have a lot of prejudice against it. But I you know I got rose tinted glasses on when I when I see food chain and I and I want to play it. So <laughs> yeah, I'm not... this is how I feel about pretty much all assertive games. Okay, yeah, no, I, I get it. In fact, actually, Shuck saying that. You know, I, I'm 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 one that I, I talk highly of Lacerda games. I, I love the tall Lacerda games. When we did our, our top ten episode, the Gallers is still um, you know in my, my top game. But um, in that game in particular, there are a couple things where, for example, the biggest that sticks out to me is that international market. And you and I have talked about this, just Brian. You know, when you first play, uh, especially on your first play, you don't really. It's hard to appreciate. It. You're already you're you're struggling just to get artist and do all the other mechanics and, and you that tends to be this kind of just abstracted element over off to the side it's not super thematic so you kind of it's easier to, to ignore it and to your own detriment right if you don't get over there you lose out on major end game points and unless the person teaching you tells you that at first and maybe reminds you once during the game it's very easy to ignore it and you can you can play it really really well in every other aspect and end up losing because you didn't focus, you didn't know that you had to get over there. So I don't think it's like a huge flaw, but I do think that some of his games have so much going on. That first play is is a little brutal, right? Because you're gonna forget something. Now, for me, I ultimately I end up liking it. I'm like, oh, uh, next time I've got to focus on that. Or I've got so I, I don't take it bad, but I've seen that kind of stuff in, in his games and other games that have elements like that kind of scare some other players off and I, and I don't think they'll have a second chance right and and so that's that's my concern is sometimes those games are kind of daunting and so if, if the first play isn't great uh they won't play a second guy and then, then that means i don't have i have less people to play with so yeah. so i was thinking about this i kind of I, I was trying to think of a few games that i haven't talked about before deus obviously came very obvious because people criticize the board all the time and i guess that's one aspect you could do, you know, there's like nothing art, wrong with the board. There's other. I actually like it. I, that's another reason why I can't talk about it. I enjoy it. I, I find it just fine. So one thing for me though, that uh, usually is, I guess like kind of a turnoff for games is, is like a really long setup time for like owning a game. Uh, Cause if like somebody else sets it up, then I don't have to, you know, witness all that and they can do it before I get there. But like for me personally, like a setup time can really, detract me from wanting to pull out a game and play with my friends there are some ways to offset that you can inserts really help with like components you know trays and things i think that really helps with colonists because colonists takes a long time um but you got to spend money on an insert you can spend almost as much as the game itself but like one game in particular that i was thinking about so i got rid of several games similar to this same concept of uh it's kind of like building your deck games before the game starts. Like Dominion was a game that I like, but I got rid of it because it has kind of a longer setup time. You got to think about what, you know, expansions and, and pieces, parts you want to put in. There's Citadels. There's also, there's a lot of options and different combinations that you can do at the very beginning. It's a really cool game, very neat drafting game. Uh, but one that's still on my shelf that I still enjoy, and it's probably theme keeps it on my shelf is the Vikings gone wild. Like, I have a lot of content for it and I, I, I don't know if I just need to organize it better, but it takes forever to get that game set up. 
there's just so much decisions to be made up front as to like, like, it's almost like I have to figure all that out before I go and play with a friend or something. And it's sometimes it can be a little daunting, but I still really like the game. <laughs> what's what's the play time on the game itself versus oh. versus setup time? It says like 45 to 90 minutes. So it's not really that long of a game. So that's my thing is like, I don't mind a, a, if I have to set up for 30 minutes, if I'm getting a three hour game in. Right. But like you said, that's if, if my setup is more than half of my play time, then, then I agree with you, man. Like, but, but you love it enough. So you're like kind of overlooking that, right? Like you, you would set it up to play a 45 minute game is what you're saying. Yeah. And, and, and the same thing is for whistle stop too. Those are probably the two in, in mine. Like, cause whistle stop can take a little while to set up and it's, it's really not that long of a game, maybe an hour tops. And so when you have a long setup and then you got to just, you know, describe the rules to everybody, uh, especially if it's like a game where you have a long rule set and a long setup time, that's really hard. Like that's, that's the reason why I bought the insert for Colonus is because it, you, you need something to set up quickly because you got to dive into the rules soon or I mean, you're going to spend forever. Of course, that one, again, though, game time wise, like you're spending several hours playing so that like the ratio of setup time to game time yeah. is a little different. It's on that a little one. easier to forgive that. Yeah. But yeah, it's just one of those things. Normally, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Well, what about yourself, Robert Brown? You have, you have any uh, any flaws in games that you love? Yeah. And I, I want to say up front that I realized that and this is probably true for most of the stuff we're talking about, but this is probably a flaw with me. <laughs> you know, it's like no. you're flawed. No. Oh Proper man, Brian. This, this is a therapy Proper session. Brian's not, yeah. It's not flawed. You're a great person. Yeah, but I only have one eye. Everybody, everybody likes you. <laughs> Doggone it. So the the game I want to talk about. Actually, I can throw two games into this bucket, and it's it's a game or the, these two games. Uh, where I get invested in the narrative or the story of what's happening in the game. And I feel like the end game kind of tears that down for me. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, let's just play the mechanisms till, till it's done, you know, kind of thing. You mean like Waterdeep? <laughs> oh, what, Waterdeep <laughs> is fine because I, I expect this in Waterdeep, you know, and it, Waterdeep so the, it's a free pass. So the, the, <laughs> the two games. So the first one is Serenissima. Yep. And we've talked Beauty about this a lot off, uh, yeah. off, the, off yeah. the podcast. And in this game, you're running a fleet of ships trading and kind of doing battle in the Mediterranean, trading in the Mediterranean. Hey, but I get kind of invested in what's happening in the story of the game. Like I've taken this port and I've, you know, traded all these goods and managed these ships, you know, and then at the end of the game, you know, that the last round is coming. And so basically you take all your ships and kamikaze them into the ports to try to, to try to get points. And it's like, it's like, I thought I was, you know, managing these ships and then I'm just destroying them because the game says so, you know, cause the end of the game yeah. is coming. You destroy your trade empire in, in uh, hopes of, of getting a pointer here. Of there, getting right? points. And, and like I said, I, I, this is just a, you know, a flaw with, you know, what I expect out of a game or what I wish a game did instead of what it does. I just wish that the game ended like it felt like it was when I was playing it. Right. And the same is holds true with eclipse. It's another game that does this where you have a set number of nine rounds. Uh, and I do want to say, uh, you know, eclipse was my number one game uh, this year. And 
this is a tiny, tiny little ding against it. I was, I was stretching to try to come up with stuff that I didn't like, but it's another game that you're coming down to the end of the, the nine rounds. And you're like, well, I've got this whole fleet of ships. I can just throw them around, you know, not like I'm going to have a space empire after this. Cause the game's going to be over. <laughs> right. Uh, to, to get points, you know, you, anyway, it just bothers me a little bit. It's not, it's not a bad thing. It's just, it, it's a game and that's what it does. But it is one of those warts on those games that I just kind of, I wish it was, I wish there was another way to do it. And just Brian and I have thrown around lots of ideas to try to fix <laughs> Serenissima. You know, we're yeah. like, what if we did this? What if we did that? And we spent a whole, we spent a whole car ride on the way home talking about it. And Gary's in the backseat going, leave the game alone. Just <laughs> let the game be the game. You guys are committing that. sacrilege. And, and I could just feel him fuming in the backseat. He finally, I think he finally fell asleep because you couldn't handle it anymore. Yeah. And uh, something like that. Proper Brian and I were up front. No, if we did this, then we could. And I think at the end of the day, I kind of came around to Gary's side, like, like we just need to let the game be what yep. what it's supposed to be and and just enjoy joy for what it is. I can I can let the game be what it's supposed to be, but I can still say that it's a wart. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> for me. I want to find a narrative game that does that though. I want to find a narrative game that last round rewards me for doing the things I've been doing all along. Right. Not for going. You know that. That galleon that I built, I, I can I can you know, kamikaze into a port. Uh, why why would I not be rewarded for keeping my empire at the end of the game? Right, like I mean, well, it's essentially you kind of are an eclipse. You, a larger yeah. empire gets you points. That's true, but you're a, you're an empire but, with no ships. <laughs> You've expended. Yeah, but, like, but you're like, but there's no reason to keep the ships. Yeah, I just got to as long as I keep the if I if I take a planet from another player, you're completely no defenseless at the end of that game. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, if you're playing it for the points, know, that's where if if. A, if a designer really wanted to be thematic, some of these games they could then then give you like an end game goal of you know having the largest fleet. So maybe maybe you second guess yourself, right? Like, uh, I might get two points from this, but I know I've got a point from this end game card, right? Uh, I wonder if, if there's there's a way to kind of yeah get around that. You got to admit that there's the the beginning and the middle of the game that you're getting points from. So your metrics at the end aren't just from that in-game experience, even though everybody starts to play differently thematically. And I, I, I really feel like when it comes down to that close decision at the end where we're all kind of neck and neck, and then it just kind of comes down to who kamikaze better, that may not feel as great, but for, for 75, 80% of the game, I was having a blast. Yeah. So I still think that's a great experience, especially for a 90 minute game. I know? do too. And I, I want to make that clear that I've, I've come around to the, the, you know, let the game be what it is and enjoy that. Uh, I, and I do enjoy it for what it is and I play it that way. Right. Yeah. But that can't mean that I can't hope for something. Bigger. Yeah. In the, in the back of your mind, you're like, yeah, this could be something better, you know? Yeah. yeah. So with the theme of this podcast, you forgive it because you love the game, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of in, in, in a similar vein. It's been a while since I talked about it, but um, I've talked to you guys before about the uh, Pathfinder, the adventure card game, the new the newer core edition, which is what my daughter and I have. And um, I love that game. It's great. It's very thematic. I, I find, like, the card play great. But and this may part of this may be exacerbated by, by the fact that because I'm the gamer dad, like I kind of have to run the game. And so my, my teenage daughter got to where she was kind of helping me set up. But it, you know, there's so many cards; it's a little bit fiddly. You have so many effects that say shuffle this deck, and sometimes you'll shuffle a like a um, a location deck like four times, you know. And you're like, 
okay, look, I, I've struggled this too many times. I, I don't want to touch these cards anymore. You know, it it can get a little fiddly, but I've yet to have a play of it where it was so fiddly that it I didn't enjoy it. Right. So I'm, I'm willing to overlook it because it's not really like little bits or anything. It's just just a lot of shuffling and, and, and dealing with cards. And sometimes you have to move a card from one deck to another deck. And, and then you have to shuffle both decks. And it's not, it's just, it's those little brief moments where I would get pulled out of the narrative. Right. But the narrative we found so far, thus far has been so good that, you know, we're okay with it. That That's the, the one kind of flaw or, or wart on that game that I'm, I'm willing to overlook it because I, I love the end game, the end result, right. The, the narrative and, and the experience of that game. But yeah, for sure. If, if you do not like shuffling cards, like don't get into that one, man. It's just not going to be good for you. That's why I play the Oniram app instead. Yeah. Oh, okay. No. Yeah. There's a, there's a good game. I played the app because you told me the app was good. And I was like, I, I really like this app, but I never want to play the physical version. Uh, like, I just don't want to, you know? You, you will find that that's your toilet app. That's <laughs> <laughs> when, you're, when you're in the bathroom, that's what you're playing. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, boss makes a dollar, you make a dime. That's why you play Oniram on company time, right? So, <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. So uh, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Well, does anyone have any other games they want to throw out there? I mean, that, that might kind of fit this mold kind of the other side of the coin of what i my, my first issue with games is uh, something that i feel like we might have experienced at our pub getaway and that's when we play biblios um, i really like biblios a lot it's one of my favorite lighter uh, games it kind of comes off of the bidding system that you see in for sale where you you have early drafting which i love drafting and then the second half game bidding which so you get kind of two mechanisms and kind of a halftime show and i really enjoy it but one thing i noticed a flaw that i noticed last time we played that i'm that i'm perfectly willing to forgive i you just need to know it's in the game before you get going is you can play an entire game and there's only one winner we all accept that but you might have one or two people who get absolutely no points yeah and that doesn't feel good like it's not like i got four Sean got three, Gary got two, and Brian got two. But you can have a couple people who score zero and feel like they play this entire game, a short game, so it's okay, I feel like, in a lot of ways. But you play this game, and it's kind of – at the end of the game, you just get this note passed to you that says, you suck, you know? <laughs> and I <laughs> – and that never feels good when I play this whole game and I scored nothing. And, uh, of course, to be fair, the scores are pretty low in that game. You don't have anybody scoring, you know, 50, 60, 100 points. They're, they're real low scores. But I feel like that almost be, needs to be known up front. Look, you may score nothing in this game, and just as a warning. But at the same time, I love the game. Like, it's one yeah. that I don't mind scoring zero just for the experience of the play. A short filler game. So, uh, I will, One last thing I want to mention, and I'll piggyback off that, just being that it's an auction game. You know, I've talked up a lot of uh, Cube Rails games. We all like uh, Irish Gage. I've noticed, like in uh, in Ride the Rails, and a couple other of these these games, especially if they have auctions or whatnot, players, especially first time players, can make some mistakes, like overbid and whatnot, right? To the point that they may not know it, but experienced players will know it. Like two thirds of the way through the game, like there's mathematically no way two of these people can ever win, right? Um, just the simple fact that I own three shares 
and you own two means that every time that company pays out, I'm always making more money than you, right? And so unless we, unless you've diversified somewhere else or um, I'm, you know, at that point, even like I can't even really make a big mistake, right? Like there's there's a point, and I'm not saying that, that this never ruined the game for me. I've been aware of it on a couple of games, uh, but I didn't, I didn't bring it to everyone else's attention. Everyone else had fun. And I forgive it because I think, there's there's a just a dynamic play in those games, right? And be and if you're gonna if you're gonna be given a little bit of freedom to like, okay, I can bid whatever I want, uh, then I have to also be allowed to accept the consequences, right? Like if, if I'm irresponsible with the money, or if I, I bid poorly, or I bid on companies that are all that are gonna fail or that are failing, sorry, you, I just made some mistakes. People, you you can look at it as a player's experience and go, you know, sorry. Uh, but you're never going to win. But I'm, I'm not going to tell anyone that. But, you know, yeah. And I've been the person who knows uh, I can't win. Like, it's between these two people, at, at which point I'm just along for the ride. The good thing on those games is most of them are 45 minutes to an hour. So if I realize that the 40-minute mark in a 50-minute game that I'm not going to win, I mean, I'll just ride it out, right? But that, that is something I have noticed that could be a potential flaw for some. Is there not a, kind of a known, talked-about, um, issue with age of steam and that you can almost tank your company or whatever whatnot uh, early in the game yeah you you can with that game you can go bankrupt um, and so you could make poor decisions in fact the first time i ever played i played the two-player game with our friend craig and I, I misunderstood something he said in the in the the teach i mean he's a great teacher so it was it was all on me and i miscalculated um, how much my track was going to cost and uh, the very first turn, I was going to go bankrupt. And he was like, no, no, we'll, we'll let you take an extra loan so you survive So you can, because it's a teaching game. But, yeah, I mean, you can very easily, you know, miscalculate, like, on turn one or two. And, you know, when you have almost no revenue, because what happens is if you go, if you get to paying expenses and you don't have any money on hand, you just go down one income increment. If you're only at, like, income one and you owe two bucks, I mean, so sorry, you're out of the game on turn one or two. So yeah, I think you have to warn people. The way I look at it is, I'd, I'd give a player an extra loan the first time, but if they need it later on, I mean, hey, it, it's it's on you, right? I think we all love that game enough, though. Where at this point, for us at least, we we recognize that it's a good game. We we would yeah, we wouldn't let that keep us from it. I feel like that's one of those a bug is a feature kind of thing, yeah. because it can be a bug. It can be something that is frustrating. But it can also be a signal that this game is worth digging in deep, you know, kind of like food chain, right? So it's something that with newer players, it's it's a frustration, but with experienced players, it's a it's, you know, it's a bonus. Yeah, uh, I think that's the case. I mean, I've I've heard people that play it a lot talk about going bankrupt because they tried a new strategy or whatnot, and they don't sound upset about it. You know, it's like, well, I went bankrupt and I watched the other players for a couple turns, right? You know, it happened. I think as long as you know it's it's there and everyone at the table accepts that it can happen, you know, it's kind of like, all right, we're all big kids, right? You know, so, um, yeah, just watch out. I've got one more I can talk about. I feel like we're talking about these games and we're kind of describing a, an overarching issue that could be applied to many games. Uh, this game is similar, and it's the game just takes so long to play that it's really hard to get it out. And this is probably a stage of life issue for me, right? Like maybe earlier in my life or later in my life, it might be easier. But uh, Twilight Imperium is one 
that, you know, it takes, you know, six plus hours to play and it plays really well, like with four or five players at least. And to get that many people together for that amount of time is just right now it's impossible for me. Right. So it's a game that's like, I love, but it just doesn't happen. And so uh, it's still a great game. something that I can forgive and keep it on my shelf and say, yeah, someday, someday I'm going to play that game. But right now it's like, it's still a frustration. It's like, ah, wish I could play that game, but mm, I can't, it's okay. I mean, that's, that's definitely something to consider when buying the game, right? If um, that's actually longer playtime has scared me off a couple of games recently. I, I'm not, games I really, really wanted, but I was like, you know, I, I just, I think I, I've, I've got enough three hour euros, right? Like I, I just, I, I just can't, I can't justify getting those out at least right now, you know? Uh, so I've, I've passed up on a couple uh, pre-orders that, that kind of hurt. I was like, I really want that game, but uh, you know, maybe I'll get it later. And you know, like you're saying uh, maybe, maybe at a different stage, I'm like busting up three hour euros every other weekend. I'm like, yeah, let's, let's do it. Right. So, so there's another one that um, I kind of forgive in a lot of games. So I don't like games that have a lot of text on cards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, typically, well, I, it's hard to say because I like a lot of games that have text on cards. I don't particularly like text on cards. Yeah. If that makes any sense. That makes like, sense. So this is something that happens a lot for me. Uh, I mean, Magic the Gathering is probably the most extensive of this issue, and I love that game. Smash up. I mean, every every deck you smash together, like you have to read all the text for every single card. Nevermore is a game that I really like that has a bunch of text with special cards that you have to play in the middle of the magic that you do. It just goes on and on and on, but. For some reason, it's it's like the easiest thing for me to forgive. Like I don't I don't know what it is, but there have been games uh, that you know you see on Kickstarter, a new game that's coming out, and you you see that it has a lot of text, and it will it'll make me think twice about the yeah. game. Like especially if it's a big, massive, and then they don't even have any kind of secondary uh, iconography yeah. or something. That helps a lot when you have some kind of iconography that that can help out uh, that kind of thing. You you know you you have the text, but then you can apply that to well. It, this little thing here kind of means exactly what that says. And so I don't, I get it though. <laughs> I just I mean, don't like it. I don't want to spend my whole downtime uh, between your turn and mine, you know, uh, rereading every card in my hand to try to figure out how do these work together? You know? So this, this is one of the big problems I have with terraforming Mars. I mean, the art is one issue, but like there's a lot of text. And when you get a lot of text with an engine building game and you're trying to figure out all those little pieces, parts, and all these things are, comboing with each other and then you got to reread little i don't it just it bugged me i don't i don't know why sean i have the opposite issue with one of my absolute favorite designers so i forgive it like it's another one of these that i forgive but if it was any other game or designer i would say take a hike right it's your man crush yeah alexander fister's games do they're they're so icon heavy and it's like he invents a new icon language for every game. Yeah. Like when I play Mombasa, one of my favorite games of all times, like it's it's like it's like somebody I love that just talks during the movies, and I'm like, shut up, you know? <laughs> like I love you, and you're like one of my favorite people on the planet, but don't don't do this to me. Don't you love me back? Yeah. It, it's not like 
like Garfield games with their older games like Raiders of the North Sea, and then they did a trilogy, and then they did another trilogy after that, like this West Kingdom stuff. They used the, they invented their icons, but they used the same icons throughout their series. And and so if you played one, you can kind of read it the okay. other. No, not not Fister. No, like if you play Oh My Goods and you play Great Western Trail, you're learning a new language. So study, you know. And it's uh, <laughs> so if you remember, not not our audience, but if y'all remember, I was going to put together a uh, like a cheat I remember sheet this. for I Great remember. Western Trail a long time ago, and and I got I don't know I got overwhelmed uh, with trying to simplify and, and explain all of the iconography. There's a lot of iconography and it just, it got, it got to be too much to, and I, it's not a game we, we know on the podcast, it's not a game that I favor very highly. So I think that also contributed to the fact that I just like kind of gave up on my little change sheet at some point. And, and by the way, just, just pure to form, we, even though you don't like that game, we still love you. So you, this fits yeah. into the apps, the, <laughs> the episode That's, as well. We, we forgive your blemishes. All right. That's all. Oh, it's cousinly love. All right. So that may be good. That may be a good uh, place to kind of end this conversation on a moment of love and, and reckon, you know, yeah, we're coming together acceptance. here. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, so I think it's interesting. I think you know if we if we had one key thread, it, it's that you know obviously we're overlooking these. These are games we like, right? We, we can gripe about them a little bit. These little things that annoy us here and there, but ultimately, if we if we ask we're asked to play any one of these games, we probably would, right? So in oh, a heartbeat, I love every game yeah. we talked about. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd like to play just about, just about any of them. So yeah, if um, yeah, if, if you guys need to get that, you know, those issues worked out, you know, let me know. I'll I'll, you know, I'll play with you. So uh, yeah, so hey, thanks guys for for uh, for getting here together again. Um, man, I, I always enjoy our conversations. I feel like I learn a little bit more about you guys, and uh, you guys always make me think a little bit. If you're listening and you have any topic ideas, send them to pubmeepo@gmail.com. Otherwise, just, uh, check us out on. Uh, on Twitter or uh, YouTube uh, at Pub Meeple. And uh, until next time. Beep boop, boop, beep boop. Thanks for listening to the Pub Meeple podcast. If you enjoyed our content, like and subscribe. Share with your friends. You can find us on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter at pubmeeple.com. Our website, www.pubmeeple.com. Home to the board game ranking engine. And always remember support your local breweries.